Hello, welcome, my mammal friends. I always start recording and my mic is like pointed in the wrong direction. And I also start recording and I'm not actually set up. <laughs> okay, so today I told you, like I'm making a lot of noise. Um, <laughs> anyway, nice to talk at you all today and uh, I hope you're doing well. I'm sure you look great as you always look. Um, yeah, so I watched an amazing movie last night and I'm going to give you my review which I first published uh, just a few minutes ago on my website, Adam Todd Leverton. So I'm going to give you that review. And um, the review is a little bit more coherent than I'm going to be uh, talking about. But before we start, uh, so the review is about Metal Lords, but my self-promotion always has to come, you know, somewhere. So... This podcast episode is brought to you by my Spotify playlist, which you can find in the show notes. If I have 100 followers, I will paint my fingernails. I don't know what color. I will leave it to my daughter to figure that stuff out. But I'm going to do it. I know you're thinking, oh, painting your fingernails, not a big deal. That's a big deal for me. I've never done it in my entire life. I'm 45. So, yeah, I'm 45. Oh. I shudder. Anyway, here is the review of Metal Lords. This is that rare of rare of things, a movie produced by Netflix that is actually quite good. It is really surprising because the target demographic is the same that the company aimed the dreadful tall girl at, teenagers. While Tall Girl invented a problem to confront its protag protagonist with, and bottled this conflict up in a cliched rom-com, Metal Lords tells a believable story with relatable characters. The plot focuses on the relationship between Hunter, a metal-obsessed teenager, and his best friend Kevin. Hunter's obsession with metal leaves Kevin to develop a passion for the same genre and a discovery of his own talent. They need a bassist, and it is Kevin's desire to recruit Emily, a cellist with her own problems that leads to the central conflict of the film. Hunter is a weird teenager who is melodramatic, obsessed, and yet uses his this obsession to become a talented guitarist. He is a type that I'm sure we all knew or know as teenagers, that self-obsessed person who believes that the drama is all about him. He is awed and bullied, and it it is easy to see why. He attracts bullies because it gives him a martyr complex. This bullying is not entirely his fault, but he certainly does not help himself. Kevin, his best friend, is not as much an outcast as he is ignored. We probably all know or knew this type as well. He is not exactly bullied, but he isn't accepted either. His friendship with Hunter predates his friend's obsession with metal, but it is tested severely by Hunter's antics. And uh, just to digress from my written text, I think there's a great line where he says something like, uh, Kev Hunter, there's like a, a big fight. They get into a big fight. And 
Hunter says to Kevin, you don't deserve me as your best friend. And Kevin says, yeah, I know, but you are my best friend. And I thought that was so kind of sweet and moving and true at the same moment. I think that the relationship they have is one that I think I had with my best friend in high school. We loved each other, but we were insanely competitive and jealous of each other as well. Yeah, true. Uh, Emily, the catalyst to the conflict, has some sort of neurodivergence that makes her subject to violent outbursts if she doesn't take her medication. I like how this is presented in the story. At first, the other characters either think this is bizarre or an attractive quality, but she herself is tormented tormented by it and wants to fit in. This is hard because she, apparently she is Scottish, her parents make no appearance, and a Scottish immigrant in the middle of California is not explained. But in a way, I don't mind that. I think it's very true for teenage life. Your parents have a huge influence on your life, but not a huge presence even if they are literally present. I met my best friend's parents maybe two or three times. The only parental figures that appear are the school printer principal and Hunter's dad. Hunter's dad starts out as a plot point, but by the end of the story, he and Hunter seem to have come to some sort of understanding. The fourth character that I haven't mentioned is the music. Although completely different, it reminds me of the Blues Brothers and its use of music as a character. Hunter is obsessed with the genre, and through his obsession, he draws in Kevin, who draws in Emily, and eventually the whole school. There are even a few cameos from the gods of metal, including uh, Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine, Kirk Hammett from Metallica, Rod Halford from Judas Priest, and Scott Ian from Anthrax. Many classic tracks punctuate key moments, one of the most important being War Pigs. It is Emily's moment to shine in the film. And I like the performance of War Pigs in the film. I mean, first it's like this cello, and then it's like this metal cello, and it's like amazing. But it does kind of miss the the vocal, and I think the vocal on that track really makes War Pigs amazing. Um, Hunter uses uh, metal as a vehicle for his own grandiose self-expression and discoveries he's quite good at it. Kevin uses it to show his own talent and individuality, and Emily uses it as a healthy venue for her rage, although she is equally talented. It has its moments where it leans into the fact that it is a film and not reality, and it has a few genuinely funny moments. It is a good film, and I can see it becoming a classic. Yeah, so that's my review of Metal Lords, and uh, I think I said most of what I want to say about the film itself, although I was quite surprised that it was so good when I watched it, because it is a, a Netflix production, and, you know, I mean, some, some of their productions are quite good, but with movies directed towards teenagers, uh, I think that they're mostly written by people who don't understand what teenage life is like. They forgot being teenagers, or they're directed by marketing incentive incentives to make something like Tall Girl. But this film, I think, really understands like the dynamic of. Uh, being a teenager, the relationships that you have, and it also does a good uh, job of 
treating uh, a character with a mental illness, uh, I don't, I don't want to say in a healthy way, but in a way that acknowledges that it exists, right? And that it's hard, right? And that what it, Hunter is going through is not like, I, I like the fact that they have their own separate kind of, they're all related, right? But they have their own separate tangents. And I also like the fact that, you know, they're, there's this other band in the movie and they play like pop music. And in the beginning it's presented by Hunter mainly, who's kind of the voice of the film a little bit as being like, Oh, such bad music. It's so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> and then um, when Kevin joins the band briefly, he's like, yeah, so all of your songs are the same beat. They're like, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I like that. So they present the other band, not as being like bad people, but as being good people. And I think uh, Hunter's arc is realizing that not everybody's bad to him and he doesn't have to be uh, an asshole to everyone that he meets, right? Just because he has some problems, right? And so I think um, Hunter and Kevin are really well developed. And I think Emily... Although it is sort, excuse me, just had breakfast. It is a sort of healthy, um, a healthy represent. I don't want to say healthy, but maybe an accurate representation of mental illness, um, Emily's problems. But her character is not really that well developed, and it kind of makes sense because the whole movie is about the dynamic between Hunter and Kevin, and Emily is kind of like the catalyst, and. I think the ending of the movie shows that probably these three are going to get into their own own adventures together, right? I don't think there should be a sequel, but you can imagine that those three will, in the next story of their lives, it's going to be more about the dynamic between the three of them, and, and maybe Hunter himself finds love, although he doesn't really have any indication that that's what he's going to do. Um yeah, and I, I think a little bit of his jealousy in the story comes from, yeah, I'm giving everything away, right? I should have said no spoilers, but I, I just like it. And I think it it gives, it makes you think, right, about your life, your life as a teenager, um, the things that you did, the things that you do. So I think part of Hunter's jealousy is that he has this narrative that he's created that he's going to become this rock god and his best friend is going to come along with him and they're going to be together and live together, maybe not live together. But I, I had that thought like the other day that, you know, when I was his age, I imagined, you know, me living in the same place with my three best friends, like maybe not in the same house, but we'd have like three houses together and, you know we'd live together but so he has that kind of fantasy too and there's a good scene and it's never commented in the movie actually but there's a scene where hunter and emily are in the same class and i think kevin is not actually in this class which is also realistic because you know in high school movies all of the main characters are in every class together and that doesn't really happen but so uh, Hunter and Emily are in the same class and it's like a five minute scene, right? And he just looks at her like, yeah, she's attractive. And 
you realize later in the movie that Hunter's jealousy is about the music part, right? Like he wants Kevin's attention because Kevin actually has become a good drummer and he's his friend and he has all of this history with Kevin. And he thinks that if Kevin is spending time with Emily, then he's not going to focus enough time on the band and stuff. And it's like, but also it's a little bit of, of jealousy that Kevin has gotten the girl that he was interested in. And there's another point in the film where I'm giving you so many spoilers. I don't care. I like talking about films. And when you talk about films and movies, you actually have to talk about what happens. I'm sorry about the spoilers. I know people feel differently about that, but you know, you can watch a film. I think if you're interested in watching the film, you probably should watch it. Um, you know, whatever I say doesn't matter, but there's a great part where, uh, Kevin loses his virginity with Emily because, you know, they're a couple. And uh, that, that I think that's a really great uh, presentation of it as well, because I think maybe that Emily has, uh, what's that called? Um, borderline personality disorder. So she has problems controlling her rage and she has problems setting boundaries. So she sees this guy and she's a virgin, he's a virgin, hey, let's have sex. And that's exactly how it happens, right? And then I think they develop more, more feelings for each other later. But yeah, so Kevin is off in a van doing that thing, and he's late for band practice. And Hunter, of course, rips into him and questions his dedication to music and all of this stuff. And uh, uh, Kevin is about to tell him why he was late but then he doesn't tell him uh because i think if he had told him that conversation would have gone in a completely different direction like it would have been more it would have been out in the open what one part of that jealousy was about so i like that and yeah the music was awesome so you should watch it you should watch it. I know it's directed towards teenagers, but hey, I'm a 45-year-old man and I enjoyed it. So you can enjoy it too, whatever age you are. Oh, yeah, I didn't really say this in my review, but it's kind of has sort of uh, adult themes for this. Uh, they're not like, I think especially with the bullying, um, Hunter is like, he's not... Um, Let's say the, the scenes of bullying with Hunter are a little bit more violent than they are in other films, but it's not like, it doesn't become like super, super realistic, but it is kind of brutal. And I realized in high school, I had friends and I had like relationships with people and all of that stuff, but I kind of was bullied and it was more verbal than anything else. And... I don't know why that is like other people who were bullied were bullied physically. And I think maybe it's just because I was, I felt small, but I actually looked big or as big as other people. So no one actually pushed me around. They would just say things. Um, yeah. So that's, that's a brutal aspect of that. Yeah. But I recommend you watch it. Maybe Maybe not if you're 11 or 12, but if you're, you know, from the ages of 15, 13 up, I think it's a good film. So the other thing that happened, 
I was, uh, before I, I, before, after, maybe after, I don't remember. After I was watching that film, I was watching some reaction videos to Iron Maiden. And I, it's, I, I was thinking about like heavy metal, obviously, and heavy metal was like super popular right until I started high school. So from birth until high school, it was like the most popular genre, right? And so uh, I never really, like, I think that the metal that I was most ex uh, exposed to then was probably Metallica. And before then, things like Poison and Guns N' Roses and uh, I'm trying to think of some other, Motley Crue, big one, Motley Crue. <laughs> and you might think, ah, that's not metal. I mean, but those were the popular things when I was growing up. And then when I was in high school, grunge came and like killed heavy metal as a popular genre. And, and then of course people still listen to it, but it's not so as popular as it used to be. Yeah. So I was thinking about what kind of metal that I actually like. And I would say like black Sabbath is probably the metal that I listen to most often. And uh, Iron Maiden, like Iron Maiden was popular when I was a kid, but I never really got into it. Same thing sort of with Judas Priest, also very popular, but I never really got into it. And I don't know why. So I think it might be interesting to go through a crash course of metal for me and see if what, what I actually like and don't like at this point in my life. Anyway, that's a lot of self-obsession at the end there. You came for a review and you stayed for the self-obsession. So thank you. Speaking of the self-obsession, please go listen to the playlist and become a follower on Spotify. If you become a follower on Spotify, if I get 100 followers, I will paint my nails. And then I'll have to think of something else for my next... Uh, um, my next uh, follower goal, I guess we could say. Anyway, thanks for listening. Have a great day or evening or morning or afternoon. Bye.